Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. Take your Bibles, turn to the book of Acts, chapter 20. Pastor Kirsten, did I leave anything else out? That's about it, right? There's more. Ministry to the whole family. Acts 20. It's nothing like your presence, God. It's nothing like your presence, Lord. Acts 20, go down to the 17th verse. We'll read that in just a moment. on your feet if you're able. Thank you, Daniel. Acts 20, verse 17, New International Version. From Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church. When they arrived, he said to them, you know how I lived the whole time I was with you from the first day I came into the province. I served the Lord with great humility. I always find it's funny that says that he served with great humility, but keep in mind, Luke is writing this. And with tears, and in the midst of severe testing by the plots of my Jewish opponents, you know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but I have taught you publicly and from house to house. I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Now I know that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. Therefore I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of all men, for I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Amen. Let's pray. Father, move in power. We're humbled by your presence and what you've done all day long. 
I pray, anoint these lips of clay once again that it would burn faith in the hearts of each and every person that listens now and in the future. All those online from Barrow to Point Hope to Ketchikan, all of Alaska, Washington State, all the way down to Florida from the east coast to the west, from the north to the south, and all around the world potentially, I pray, move in power, God. Move in power. May there be a breakout of miracles even now as I preach. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I'd encourage you to take some notes. This text is the Apostle Paul. The context is he's on his way back to Jerusalem, and he stops by, as it says in those first verses that we read, Miletus, and he's meeting with the elders of the church, but it's not just an average meeting. Because he says to them, I'm never going to see you again. I deeply love our senior global pastor. He's my spiritual father. I can't imagine if he was standing before me and he would say, this is the last time I'll be preaching to you and seeing you. So it's a very intense moment. And if you can imagine what that might be like, if you're never going to see anybody again and you want to share something to them, what would you say? What would you say if you're going to talk to your family, gather your family, it's the last time you're going to see them, what would that be like? I mean, we pray that none of us would have that happen, but at the same time, if you do know it's going to happen, what a gift that you'd be able to share one more thing with your family. And that's the, that's the, the context he reminds them of how he worked among them. He reminds them of not only that, but how he's on his way to Jerusalem. He's going to face hardships. I love how the apostle Paul is, he says, my only aim. You get the idea that in this man, the apostle Paul, there's only one thing that's really important. You know, this morning we're adjusting to a new schedule, being here an hour early, praying from starting at 7. We've got teams that are showing up. It's a longer day. I got home just filled with joy, having talked with people, and got home about 2 o'clock, had a wonderful lunch, and I think an angel came with a billy club, and I just went out. I woke up semi-comatose. You know what that's like? You just wake up like, oh my gosh, that was like an intense service. That was an intense time. Oh God. And then I started thinking, Lord, help me, help me finish what you want to say for tonight. And then in the back of my mind, I thought, we're crazy. The amount of hours we do, the things that we do, the, the, the amount of people that volunteer and all the people like, I mean, this is like your only day off for some of you and you work for 10 hours. Who would do that? Someone who understands that the most important thing in life is not necessarily comfort. The most important thing in life is to be certain you're doing the will of God. And I am certain of that as I stand before you tonight. I'm humbled by it. I'm moved by it. And I'm moved by the sacrifice of so many people living our life in such a way that God is pleased before the audience of one. He, he says, I preached the word of God fully, both publicly and from house to house. He was into life group ministry. 
He went from house to house. We have, we have I think, 60 groups meeting homes, meeting cafes, meet all over. Those are so powerful, so important. It's one of the ways that the early church met, and it's still the way the church meets here. Life groups and teams are crucial. He declares in this encrypted sort of way that if you don't understand the Old Testament, you don't understand the, the uh, theology of the Apostle Paul, you will miss it. He says, I am innocent of the blood of all men. I've preached on this before, but what does that mean? Innocent of the blood of all men. Does that mean that you could be guilty? Yes, it does. It does mean you could be guilty of their blood. I don't want to be guilty of anyone's blood. Raise your hand to heaven and say, oh Lord, I want to be innocent of the blood of all men. Turn to Ezekiel, because this is what he's referring to in chapter 33. What does it mean? I'm innocent of the blood of all men. It means that he did something in the course of his time before them, and he's declaring, as God is his witness, and they are his witnesses too, that he is not guilty of men's blood. And the reference is Ezekiel 33, verses 1 through 9, but I'm going to pick up verse 6. But if the watchman sees a sword coming and does not blow the trumpet, and the people are not warned, and the sword comes and takes any person from among them, and he's taken away in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at the watchman's hand. His blood I will require at the watchman's hand. One of the things that God has called us to be in this house is a watchman. A watchman is a word for someone who's on the wall, who looks for marauders who looks for those who might be approaching and looks for danger, looks for armies, looks for any problems. It's a picture of a person of prayer. It's a picture of a person who's in the war, unique person in the army. And a watchman would warn if there was, if there was an army coming, they would warn of impending doom. I remember sitting in a small um, apartment in Oluwalu, Maui. I was in my 20s, and I'm talking to this other kid who's also in his 20s. And as we're talking, the kid's talking to me, and then his eye, he goes, he gets fear all over his face, and he looks, and he, he's looking at something on me. I'm like, ah, I look and there's a giant centipede. I mean, bigger than my thumb with a big blue purple stripe down the back. Does anybody know what those things look like? They're a product of the fall, clearly. Ah, and I, I, I swiped it off. Can you imagine if that thing is about, it's about to sink its fangs into my neck? Can you imagine if you was just like, and he watched me get bit. Something far worse than a blue striped eight inch centipede is headed for the lives of many, many people. And like the Apostle Paul, I, 
I want to be innocent of the blood of all men. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, it says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering. Listen closely. Not willing that any should perish, but all would come to repentance. This is what he's talking about. All of mankind is, is in sin and needs a savior. Listen, you could be a really good person, but you're not good enough. And I'm glad you're a good person. Still, you'll be a good person, but don't put any stock in your righteousness because your righteousness is not enough to redeem you from the curse of the law. Your righteousness is not enough. There is clearly a second death. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 3, for if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, how should we escape or neglect so great a salvation which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed by those who heard him? In Hebrews 9 and 27 it reads, It is appointed for men to die once and then after that the judgment. So Christ offered once to bear the sins of many. Second Corinthians chapter six and verse two, for he says, in an acceptable time I heard you, in the day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the acceptable time of salvation. Behold, today is the day of salvation. God allowed us to partner with him to build this facility for the purpose that we would, might be able to say that we would be the innocent of the blood of all men. That is why we're here. That's why we do what we do. That's why some of us had a 12 and 14 hour day today by the end of the day. That's why. Because he's worth it. And the message we carry is the most important message that there is. And as a watchman on the wall, it's imperative for us to share that. You say, wow, pastor, you sure are intense tonight. I know, right? Go ahead and lift your hands and just praise the Lord for a second. Hey, praise it. Wee! What a fun message. So the apostle Paul saw himself innocent of the blood of all men four ways. There's four ways. He didn't hesitate to preach anything. Verse 20 of chapter Acts 20. He didn't hesitate to preach anything that would be helpful publicly and house to house. He didn't hesitate to preach anything that would be helpful. You know, this morning was a pretty intense message. I had more people say, you know what, thanks that you're willing to preach something that would make maybe people upset. Thanks that you're willing to say it. And I'm grateful for that. I, I didn't do it to get a pat on the back. I did it because of the fear of the Lord. I did it because, my God, who else is going to say something? Will somebody please say something? I mean, that's how I feel about it. If somehow in the message this morning you took that home and you would teach your children and teach your grandchildren that you didn't come from an ape. You're made in the image of God, male and female, and that's it. And if you're confused about that, you need to get healing, you need to get deliverance, you need to get counsel, you need to be set free. And if we rescued just one, it would have been worth it. He didn't hesitate to preach what's helpful. He did it publicly. Do you share your faith publicly? Just You say, well, I'm not the Apostle Paul. Okay, but... Still, do you share your faith publicly? You know, witnessing is very important. The number one way I know to get on fire, there's a couple different ways that, that, I, that I stoke the fire that 
is in my bones. I have a fire shut up in my bones. And there's a number of ways I, I fan that into flames. Prayer, worship, I witness. I share my faith a lot. And, I, and when just winning souls is something that is just, I don't know, it, it changes your life. Give it a shot. Try. That's what the Apostle Paul says. I, I didn't hesitate. In verse 21, he declared to Jews and Greeks that they need to repent. Everybody say repent. Repent. Re means again. Pent. Think. Rethink. Rethink your thoughts. Repent. Change the way you think. Somebody said, I prayed the sinner's prayer a whole bunch and nothing happened to me. Well, let me tell you why nothing happened to you, Junior. I'll tell you why nothing happened. You prayed the sinner's prayer a hundred times and you haven't, I haven't had any experience like that. That's because you never repented, son. See, because it's not like this little, you know, one plus one equals two unless you have, I don't know, there's some new math out there that maybe it equals something else. You believe in your heart, confess your, with your mouth. Jesus is Lord and you shall be saved. That the aspect of repentance is in there. It's not just a simple equation where you pray it and like you wait for magic. To, nothing happened. It's because you need to turn, you need to repent, you need to change the way you think. You need to be sorry like godly sorrow brings life. Worldly sorrow brings death. You, get, you know what worldly sorrow is like when you get caught and you're crying that you got caught and you're sad that you got busted? That's not godly sorrow. Godly sorrow is you experience his pain and the grief that he experiences and the sorrow that you have for hurting God and other people. And it touches your heart in what's called conviction. And then conviction stirs within you the most holy emotions to repent, to ask for forgiveness, which is freely offered. Not because you asked for it, but because someone died for you. Me, his name is Jesus. So if you prayed that sinner's prayer, as we call it, or you've been to church for 15 years and you haven't had the kind of transformation we've seen in other people's lives and you haven't had the new creation experience, and then it could be that you never really repented. Let's have another praise break, not feeling the love. Amen. Praise the Lord. In Acts 20, 24, the aim of his life is to complete the task the Lord Jesus has given him, the task of testifying of the good news of God's grace. What is the mission that God has for you? I, I know the mission and calling he has for me. I'm in it. It's expanding. It's progressive because as you obey, <laughs> you know, we don't need to build this building. We, we did. We've got, God, we, he's got other things for us to do. We're going to let you enjoy it for a moment before we just start expanding vision. We're going to see this thing paid off, but God's going to continue to lead us. We're going to plant other churches. Come on, somebody say amen. You never just like, whoo, we made it. Thank God that's over. What are you talking about? It's a journey. <laughs> You're not laughing as nearly as much as you should be. The whole, the whole aim of his life is to fulfill the call of God. What's the aim of your life? I've been sat with a young man who said, you know, the aim of my life, I'm going to become a millionaire. That's the aim of my life. I said, that's a big mistake. What do you mean? Is there something wrong with that? Yeah, if the main goal in your life is becoming wealthy, you've totally missed it. 
Now, if the goal in your life is to love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all, all your soul and strength, and allow him to flow and funnel resources through you to expand the kingdom, and God makes you wealthy that way, that's awesome. But if you make money your goal, you will pierce yourself through with many piercings, says the New Testament. Well, my, my goal is, is to become more like Christ. That should be your, your, the highest call. And in that, God has special assignments for us. So the Apostle Paul had an assignment of, you can see it in, in the book of Acts chapter 9, the call of God upon the Apostle Paul, a chosen vessel. Acts 20 and verse 27, he'd not, he did not hesitate to proclaim the whole will of God. The what? The whole will of God. There are many that share only sections. They don't share the whole will of God. So let me ask you this as I wind this up. How serious are you about sharing your faith? Years ago, uh, here at King's, we had a, a report that we would do as a staff. It's called a 3P report. And uh, the three Ps are, if I can remember, it's a while ago, people, projects, and prayer. Those are the three Ps. And we would write a report and turn it in as, a, as part of our, uh, just a code of honor and uh, accountability for for what we're doing, and we had different department heads and did different things, but everyone had to do a 3P report because it's about people, it's about prayer, and you, we had projects that we were doing, and you would report on those things. And an aspect of that was witnessing. You had to witness. It was, it's a requirement. It's a requirement for my staff. We should probably get back to the 3P report. It's a requirement. Who did you witness to this week? Because if you stop witnessing, you stop sharing your faith, you can, you can become an ingrown toenail. <laughs> Us four, no more. If you lose it, you say, but it's so terrifying. You know what's more terrifying? Being guilty of the blood of men. That would be more terrifying. Think about that. Think about the fact that all of us will stand before the Lord. I don't like thinking about that. I know. I don't like thinking about it that much either. It's kind of uncomfortable. I don't like thinking about the fact that I will stand before God to give an account for your soul as your pastor, but that's the truth. We will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, and it's the love of God that, can, that, that constrains us. It's the love of God that needs to consume us. When you're consumed with the love of God, you have no problem helping somebody avoid hell. It's easy. Why would you want it? Why would you want anybody to go there? Of course, the, the next main promise, of course, that many people don't really believe in hell. It's not preached on maybe that much. Maybe you haven't thought about that that much. As somebody said, are you a hellfire church? And they, honestly, any real church would talk about hellfire occasionally. And I think you can, you know, push the pendulum over and go a little over the top on that. A pretty intense message. I asked the Lord, can you give me something lighter and fun to preach tonight? So this is lighter and fun, apparently. Um, <laughs> Come on.
Come on, lift your hands to Jesus. Oh, God, help us. Ask God to give you a burden. Ask God to open your eyes and give you a burden for souls. Ask him. That's why we're here. That's why we do what we do. That's why 100 plus people worked from early in the morning, worked all night. People had security guards. and I mean, there's so much work that happens. And it's a joy. We're working under the Lord and our reward is with him. Why would we do it? It's for the sake of the call. It's for the sake of the harvest. It's for the sake of the lost. And I think about my own life and all those that served and all the all the, the ushers and the greeters and all the people that made the church work way back when I couldn't find my hinder end with two hands and a survey team. I was lost as a goose in a hailstorm. I didn't know which way was up and I was broken, 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 broken. Crawled into these altars um, 30 years ago. All those people serving, so the broken Danny, that was me, broken Daniel could find his place in so I could give my life to Christ. That is why we do what we do. I think about Pastor Kirsten's testimony, who he was pretty much on his last thread, pulled up to the church parking lot and said, Lord, nobody cares. And God spoke and said, I care. Thank God there was a church parking lot. Thank God, thank God somebody sacrificed to build a church to bring, thank God. Come on, God has called us to do amazing things, to be a watchman on the wall. And, and many times we miss the purpose. How are you witnessing? Are you witnessing? How's your walk with the Lord? Are you a watchman on the wall? Are you sharing your faith? So I don't know how to do it. We'll help you. You can learn to testify. And listen, invite them. Say, there's a really new building. Come, and I'll get them saved. Just get them here. By the grace of God. How serious are you about witnessing? The second thing is, do you know the gospel? Well, that's quite a question. Because he says, I did not hesitate to, to share the whole gospel. Look, he says in other places, the full gospel. Do you know what that means? Gospel means good news, the full good news. What is possible, then you could have the half good news, but that wouldn't be the whole gospel. Do you know it? So, well, um, uh, I know some gospel stuff. Great. Learn to share your faith. Learn the word. Grow by the word. If you learn the word, it'll be the, the, the bedrock of which you can build your life. And it does not matter what, what wind and waves come against you, that firm foundation that I'm teaching you on Sunday morning, that, that it will, it, you will stand. If you don't know the word, you will falter when the wind blows. You must know the word of God. And that's a lifetime, it's a lifetime process. I mean, the apostle Paul, when he's dying, he says, hey, bring John Mark. You know that guy that was, that, that was a sissy and he turned away, but now he's really useful to me. <laughs> Bring him tell him, and tell him to come and bring the scrolls. He's going to die. Why would you want the scrolls? Why would you want the word right before you're going to die? Well, one reason is the word's going to remain forever. He was given his life to his study. Listen, study. Give your life to study the word. Like what? Like anything. Study the book of Isaiah. It's a lifetime. It's a lifetime study. You say, I don't know how to study. Learn. 
Learn, because the more you learn about God in his word, the stronger you will become. And you mix the word with faith, and you mix that with prayer, and you mix it with service, and it brings transformation in your soul. It brings transformation in a culture. It's called elevation and lift. It's a sociological phenomenon that happens with the gospel. When the good news of Jesus is, is taught, learned, demonstrated, and comes into a culture, that culture rises on out of same-sex attraction, gen gender dysphoria rises on out of poverty and begins to move into places of freedom and deliverance, begins to move into places of joy, unspeakable and full of glory. People put their beers down. They stop using drugs. Their marriages get fixed. That's because that's what the gospel does. But he say, no, the gospel... The third thing is engage with people. Would you meet people? We were in the sauna. My twin brother and I were at the gym. And uh, I was so blessed because um, I'm there and I'm constantly, I, I love people. And I can't wait to meet somebody new. And then when I meet them, I'm genuinely interested. I want to hear their story. And then I'm looking for my shot. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm, like, I, I love, invite me to a party where they're all sinners. Just invite me. No, it's like where I flourish. It's like, I just love going. It's great. And I'll target and I just go. And it's not even like I'm thinking about it. I'm not trying to earn anything. I'm just genuinely moved to try to make sure that people find Jesus. I want them to be saved. I want, I want people to have what, what I have, what you have. I want people to be set free. And I am motivated by Judgment Day too. But mostly, it's just like, he's amazing. Let me introduce you to my best friend. So while I'm there in the sauna, I see Pastor Bruno just going for it, targeting with somebody, meeting some guy. We were supposed to hang out in the sauna, but no, no, no. He ends up on outside the sauna. There he is. They're talking the whole time. And I thought, well, we were going to have some fellowship in the sauna, but he's connecting with my brother Keith. And as a result, I got to meet Keith and a relationship started. I believe he'll end up in the church. He might even be here tonight. I don't know. Engage with people. He said, I like people. I know you need healing from, from being backstabbed or backbitten. You know, a backbiter is actually a backstabber that misplaced her knife. <laughs> Engage with others. <laughs> Reach people. Do you know your neighbors? Do you know your neighbors? I've got, I've got uh, I think I have uh, one. I think I have three to go to get the, all of my neighborhoods saved. It's just right in the vicinity, three. But, but the rest have been encouraged and some are a part of the church. Two of my neighbors are part of the church. How is that? This is a miracle. I don't know. Do you, do you know your neighbors? Do you know who's around you? Bring them bread or something. Love people. Engage with people. All right. Share your testimony. Last thing, share your testimony. Worship team, would you come? Uh, just keys. Share your testimony. When's the last time you should say, oh, well, it's a testimony. It's your story about how God delivered you. So I don't have one of those. We'll stick around. And you too will have a story about how God delivered you, set you free. Share your testimony. Use social media. Use any means. Use all means. Why? Because it's time.
to see our culture turned and invaded by a bunch of people that love God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. I'm enjoying looking out at this vast sanctuary, relatively full, on a Sunday night when everybody told me, you can't have Sunday night service in Alaska because nobody's going to come. So just look and wave to nobody. Hi. So, hey. So. People are hungry for God. That's what, that's what Kentucky is all about. They're flying, they're flying in, they're driving in. 100,000 people in two weeks started with 19 people. Why is that? Because people started talking. People started saying, something's happening. Get there, get there. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if that would happen here? He said, well, okay, we're, not, we're not in Kentucky. We're in Alaska. All the more reason we should have an outpouring. My God, Kentucky needs prayer. Amen. Alaska needs prayer too. I'm just saying, why not? It's a group of people that started going after God and then somehow that word spread. What would happen? What would happen if word spread? It's not about some nice building. It's about a glorious God. <laughs> Lift your hands to heaven all across this place. Father, thank you. Help us. May we be innocent of the blood of all men. Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to King's Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace.